The King's Castle is now open. How's everybody doing? The Sean King here. It is uh, is in the 11th hour at night, which is a good night, actually. I got that good breeze. Yeah, good breeze. Lazy, Lazy Saturday. Not too bad. I like it. Yep. The King's Castle is now open. And as always, this is my top 10 things of top 10 fan casting, top 10 of other things I have on my list. Yep. So... This week I'm gonna do um okay so um I did like I'm doing like a two part I did lions part one like list of lions in fiction that um many people know about but not many people know about so I did part one and I'm gonna do part two so I did part two but I wasn't really feeling part two so then uh, I deleted that one and I make I um currently uh, this is now lions part two so. Hopefully, you know, like a new edition because I watched some movies, did some research, and now <laughs> we're going to kick this Lions Part 2 off right. So, as always, like a top 10 thing. So, um, or actually, yeah, top 10 and also like other lists of like Lions or like, yeah, so another top. So, <laughs> Lions Part 2. <laughs> All right, let's get it started. So, number one I have is... Actually, no, number ten. We're going to start off from the bottom. So, number ten is in the Pokemon universe. I, I know I already um, described uh, Entei and, like, the three legendary beasts. But there's actually... There is, like, a little Pokemon that was made kind of out of the sun. I don't know its name. But, yep, it has, like, um, white fur and a white mane. And it's... Dead. And it roars like a lion, too. So when I looked at that, I'm like, yep, that qualifies as a lion. But I have no details on this one. I have no idea where it comes from and all that. All I know is that it's white like a, white like a lion. And then it roars and it just comes out of the sun. And it's set in the Pokemon universe. So that one's number 10. So I'm going to call it the white lion because I literally have no idea what this name. But hopefully, you know, I learned its name where get a chance to watch any Pokemon episodes because it's been a while since I've seen Pokemon. I mean, I saw the movie, but I meant like the shows. <laughs> All right. Number 10. No, no, actually, number 9 is uh, Leomon. And this one goes back to the Digimon. I explained there was like a shadow lion in the, Digi- in the uh, Digimon, but there's also another lion. So, this one, if you ever remember Digimon Tamers, that was the third season of Digimon. Um, a little bit more a little bit more dark and a little bit more extreme. But, um, when you look at this character, Leomon, he's tall, he wears pants, he's like buff. So, basically, he, imagine like Dwayne Johnson with like, uh, Dwayne Johnson only with like a lion face and a lion mane, man. With like a big sword. Yep, so that would be Leomon. He comes in, he come yeah, he comes in, he protects this little girl this uh, little girl uh who doesn't who wants him as his partner, but he doesn't want to be his partner, but then he starts to grow on her, but then Yep, yeah, starts to grow on her and then just boom just boom. He gets end up killed, but <laughs> he ends up but yeah. He ends up getting killed, but there's so many other Digimon, uh, Digimon species like him. So there's other Leomons out there. So as one dies, there's always another. That was number nine. Number 
Eight will have to be uh, Daishi. <laughs> so, um, each this one's from the Power Rangers. Each Power Ranger, they always have like eight different like lion makers or different animal spirits. But this one, Daishi, um, real name actually, the Daishi is basically like this evil entity that t- took over this uh, body name. This uh, kid named Jared who harbors the spirit of the lion. So, Jared in the original Power Rangers Jungle Fury, that's what it's called, Power Rangers Jungle Fury. So, in this one, uh, Jared, he's like a good martial artist. He's like on the top of the game, but he's arrogant and like he's selfish. So, when he releases the evil spirit, it takes over his body. And he's basically trapped in there until the end of the series. So, he breaks free. And then he tries to set things right. Then he, then Jared destroys Daishi. So he qualifies because he has the spirit of the lion, and then his like the lion is a megazord and all that. It helps out with the Power Rangers. But then when Jared or Daishi armors armors up, it ha- you have like all black everything. You have like his, the mame is gold, like the face is like like a black mask visor, and then like a lion chest is just boom. <laughs> so yep, that count. That counts. It, of course, it has like strength, speed, agility, all of that. So that was number. So let's see. Number ten was the Pokemon. Nine was that was number eight. Number seven will have to be. Seven will have to be uh, Mayor Lionheart. <laughs> uh, Mayor Lionheart. He's the. Um, if you ever watch Zootopia, that's where he's from. So in Zootopia, he the lion is the Mayor Lionheart is the mayor of Zootopia. Who um, his personality is like okay because he kind of treats his assistant like assistant kind of uh, not that right uh, his assistant was the spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, his assistant was the main villain he was a sheep who wanted to like to pray to be on top so yeah he kind of treated her badly and then didn't give her the respect he she deserved and then he was also trying to you know help out like why the predators are going savage and all that and then he's like um do you realize i am a lion so <laughs> yeah so he was just trying to you know, keep things under wrap, keep it on the down low. That way, nobody can panic. That way, nobody knows like why predators are going. That way, the me doesn't know why predators are going savage. So, yeah, he's that type of lion who's like, he's the type of mayor who just like um, he said he did the wrong things for the right reason. He's in jail now, so he's kind of fifty fifty. You know, he's kind of like that um, anti-hero of like Zootopia. So. Yeah, the end of the movie, he's still in jail, but but yeah, but he's on the list, and he's voiced by J.K. Ro- J.K. Simmons, you know, a good actor. Up next on the list is uh Robin, is Robin Hood, the animated one from Disney. So in the Disney one, this is where uh, Robin Hood becomes like a fox, and then Little John's a bear. So it's the same thing, you know. Robin Hood steals from the rich, gives to the poor. But then this one is um, King Prince John. So he's described as a lion. He's the main villain of the of the movie, uh, who increases taxes because he's just greedy. He's selfish. He's manipulative. Uh, he treats everybody like dirt. <laughs> he doesn't even care for his like his like servant snake hiss. <laughs> so all he cares about is the taxes, gold, and getting him revenge on Robin Hood for always robbing him. And then. Um, 
he wants to be king so badly because um, he has a brother named Richard who <laughs> is the king. But whenever um, he somebody mentions like his mommy, he he goes mommy. Then he sucks his thumb. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> that was obviously the most funniest I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but with with this, uh, he's driven by greed. He's driven by hate, and in the end, he just goes to jail. So, and his brother becomes king. And after that, it's King Richard in the same movie. You know, King Richard. Not really much is um, known about him, but King Richard, he's like the. He's the older brother of uh, Prince John, um, the uncle of um, Robin Hood's love interest. So he really doesn't come until the end. And then he's like, you know, I have an outlaw as an in-law because <laughs> Robin Hood married his uh, niece. So, so yeah, he's just... Um He's just a lying king. He's actually a lying king because you know, he's a king. But uh, yeah, besides that, so he really comes to the end. So not really much is known about him. But he's like the care, compassionate kind. And um, yeah, that's about it. So 10 was Pokemon. 9 was Digimon. 8 was uh, Daishi. 7 was Lionheart. 6 was jo- John. 5 was Richard. All right. 4 would have to be Zumba. No, no, four will have to be uh, Makunda. Yep. So, Makunda, if y'all remember uh, Madagascar, escaped to Africa. Makunda, he's like this um, tall-looking lion with the better hair. Um, yeah, he's voiced by Alec Baldwin. So, in the movie, he is like the selfish lion. who doesn't care about nobody but himself. So, he's kind of like Scar, only like... Uh, he's basically kind of like Scar. Only oh, this time, yo, he stands on two feet and like he has better looking hair. But in the movie, he wants to be, he wants to uh, want to be alpha lion. That way, people can the his lions can listen to him. He wants to be in charge and he wants everyone to know that he's in, he has the power now. So in the film, he gets his butt kicked by uh, Zumba, Alex's father. But then. When Alex comes back, he manipulates Alex into, you know, getting his butt whooped. And then he becomes, uh, Makunda becomes an alpha line. But then, you know, he tricks. Yep. The thing about Makunda, he, he's a trickster. He's manipulated, a liar. Uh, he, he's the exact same thing as uh, Prince John. He just cares about power. Nothing. He just cares about nobody but himself. At the end, he gets what he deserves when the old lady's like, you bad kitty <laughs> so the old lady fights him and then he just just she just drags him off yeah we don't really know what happens to him all right number three will have to be uh zoom yep zumba so zumba is the father of alex in uh, the madagascar escape to Africa, voiced by bernie mac god rest his soul r.i.p so in the movie zumba is the alpha lion teaching alex like the way to be a lion and how to fight and all of that so um this his zumba he's one of those caring fathers willing to go the distance because when alex got kidnapped uh, by poachers he lost his ear lost part of his ear when he got shot but he still managed to just like chase him down but it was too late because alex was already in new in new york once alex and zumba were reunited so he helped him out but at first 
Zumba was a little bit disappointed because Alex wasn't a real lion, but he's uh, his wife and a little bit of a Makunda help him realize that you know there's still a son, so he helps out. And then once he realized how passionate Alex is, he decides just, just to go with it because you know Zumba realizes that you know what, he, even though all we're all lions, we can all be different. We can all still be family. So and. Yep, Zumba was a good line, and and uh, yeah, that's a it's the only time we get to see him because the second movie we get to see him, and then we don't see him in the third movie. So that was about it. Number two will have to be Mufasa, the king of the Pride Land, Simba's father. Uh, Mufasa is the type of line to make sure to keep his pride and all and his son safe. Strong compassion, voiced by James Earl Jones, and and you know, willing to go distance to save his son too. Um, even in death, he still manages to convince Simba who he was and take his place as king. And you know, we see him in like the first half and then the second half. But he's he's popular from the movies to the se- to the video games to TV shows. I mean. Mufasa is the type of dad that you want to have at your your family reunions. At <laughs> all right. So besides that, we have uh, a few honorable mentions. Sarabi is uh, Mufasa's wife. You have um, Alex's mom from Madagascar. Um, you have that lion from Steven Universe. I forget his name. And. If you want to count the Power Rangers Megazords, half of them online, so you I'll count those. All right, number one is Scar. So Scar is number one on the list because who doesn't want who doesn't love Scar? I mean, he's one of the best villains of all time. I mean, he's manipulative, he's controlling, he's vicious. All he wants is the once it's the throne, because he's tired of being your second best to uh, Mufasa. You know, he wants to, he wants to have the power of everything, wants the respect. But it's also his downfall because he tricks Sim. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, he tricks Simba. He was being manipulated, but it's his down. It becomes his downfall because um, he gets beat by Simba. But the hyenas, and you know, once the hyenas learn that. Uh, Learn that, uh, oh, we were your friends? Oh, oh, no, you said we were your enemies, so you're gonna do us like that? So the hyenas double, so hyenas double cross scar, and then it leads to the, all the downfall. So, yep, that's the list of my lions part two. So you have, uh, Pokemon, you have, uh, Digimon, you have Prince John, Prince Richard, Mufasa, Scar. So, yep, that's my lions part two. I have part one, and now this is part two. So I'll have more coming up sometime tomorrow and also this week. So, like, subscribe. This is the King's Castle. Hello, it's me, Deshaun King, aka, you know, late night with the king, the king's castle. <laughs> I stand for all that is late night. <laughs> Plus, I have a deep voice. <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry, I was doing the dialogue there. I was watching the cow and chicken. Um, that shows my childhood. So I was digging that part where that red guy comes. He's like, hello, it's me, the devil. I stand for all that is bad. <laughs> Plus, also, I'm naked. <laughs> Yo, that show was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was the part of my childhood. <laughs> so I figured you'd use it. So, yep, the King's Castle. It is 11.46. Nighttime. Almost, you know, Friday, the weekend. So, let's kick things off with the King's Castle. So, uh, this week, and uh, actually, no, last week and the week before, I've been doing, like, a Lion's thing. Lion's Part 1 and Part 2 of um, The Lion King, which was a good movie. So, I'll get, I'll get on that one sometime sometime this week and next week but right now i got news um and this one is very and it's news but you know not that big but it is good so my man blade coming to town and by blade i mean eric brooks aka blade in the marvel comics a half human half vampire who has all the strengths none of the weaknesses except for the thirst and he meets an old man called Whistler who helped him control his thirst and help him fight the vampires that killed his mother. Blade's been popular in the comics. So he was in Tomb of Dracula. That's his first appearance, but then he became such became a baddie. He got his own series. <laughs> and besides the series, he got his own triple threat and by triple threat meaning he got his own movies um new line cinema owned him in 1998 played by wesley snipes a good actor before he went to jail with tax evasion a <laughs> uh, little joke little joke so uh oh so yeah played by wesley snipes uh first movie good second movie good third one sucked yeah i'm not gonna lie the third one the, the, the third one blade trinity it, it, it sucked that movie was not that good so besides that it, we haven't seen Blade in 2004, but he's been popular in movies, television, and now Marvel announced he's com- coming back in Phase 4. This time played by uh, Mashalina Ali. So I can never say his first name, but he's the, guy, he's the brother from... Brother from the Green Book, the brother from Moonlight... Um, Elita Ballangel, Spider-Man into Spider-Verse. So, yeah, he's popular. And he's an Academy Award winner. Seriously, he won two Academy Awards for Best Supporting Actor. And he was in Academy Award winning films. Moonlight, The Green Book, and Spider-Man into Spider-Verse. So, that's three movies. Three Oscars under his belt. This guy's popular. So, of course, he's going to play Blade. I had a list, but now that's too late. But I do have a list of act of directors who should direct the movie. So, um, my first thought was Jordan Peele. But he say, Jordan Peele said he doesn't want to do it. So, respect to that. Maybe he can come back as an executive producer or producer. But I understand that. But why Jordan Peele? Considering that the... That the guy won an Oscar for his screenplay for Get Out, and he directed, you know, us. So he was becoming the new, you know, king of horror. So everyone expected Jordan Peele, but Jordan Peele said no. But respect to that. But there's other act- there's other directors who can direct Blade. So I got t- so I looked over and I got my ten list. And don't get me wrong, this is like a ten best black directors. Why black directors f- to direct Blade? Here's why. Because um, when you look at Black Panther, directed by Ryan Coogler, 
Yeah, that's how you say his name. Ryan Coogler. That movie made billions of dollars. It became a became a hit opening weekend, and everybody loved it. He, he, that movie was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture Superhero Movie. First, and Ryan Coogler also got nominated for Black Actor. You know the the. He was, you know, experiencing, uh, like the people experiencing, like what the people are going through. He's sending like a message. That movie was good. I cried. Yes, I cried. <laughs> the in the ending when Killmonger gets killed, he saw the sunset. Man, that got me in here. Man, it got me crying. <laughs> it was a good, it was sad movie, but I saw that it was so good. I saw it twice, <laughs> just like Avengers. I saw Avengers Infinity War twice and Avengers Endgame once. But going back, going back to the topic, so it it really speaks out. And when it comes to this list, most of these black directors they directed good movies, and you know what? Their household names, you know, some of them won Oscars, some of them made money at the box office. So here we go, number ten. Is a rusty crew. Oh, yeah. Uh, be- um, also, um, some of them do have a little bit of horror movies in the belt. So, <laughs> so number 10 is Rusty Crutus. Crutus? Rusty Crut. I can't say his last name, but it's Rusty. His first name is Rusty. Those of you that don't know who he is, Rusty Krufus, um he's a black director. He directed a few good movies, but um, I believe fans would know him by the 1995 cult classic, Tales from the Hood. <laughs> it's about a movie where three um, wannabe you know, drug dealers go and they see this guy named Mr. Sims who uh, has like drugs with him, but then... Then he tells like all these crazy stories that happen in the hood, but then in the end, they he, they realize he's a, he's a devil, and then boom, they all go to hell. <laughs> so why I say rustic? Because um, because when it comes to tales from the hood, it really speaks out. I mean, he has Rusty has a message, say like dealing with all the like uh, like all the uh, police brutality, all the um, all the uh, abuse people people go through, and um. All the abuse and all the game violence, so yeah, all of that. So I can see Blade dealing with that, you know, because this is uh, 2019. I don't know when that movie comes out, so maybe it can get get to that topics. Because when you watch Black Panther, yeah, Killmonger discuss all the topics too, like help some brothers out. So maybe yeah, maybe Blade all along a little deal with that. So when it comes to Tales from Hood, it's like a action comedy. But I mean, no, Blade's not really a comedy. He Blade can tell some funny jokes. Most of it's just act. Actually, but a little bit of horror theme because Tales from the Hood did scare scare me and my brother as a kids. So, <laughs> I mean, well, I'm older now, but as a kid, that movie scared me. So, yep, number nine. Number nine will have to be. Number nine will probably have to be Nate Parker. So Nate Parker, not really much known for Nate Parker, but um, he he's a he's a pretty good actor, and he you know he has some good movies under his belt too. Um, I think the only movie I see saw he directed was this movie called um, uh, yeah, it was with him. He played a uh, Nat Turner. That's all I remember, but I forgot what that movie was. But anyway. Anyway, he the guy he did good, and you know the movie did good, even though it was you know I think it didn't do good at the box office. No, they didn't get an Oscar, but it it describes you know how the brother man, you know he was a slave, but he rise up and he wanted to defeat 
the white people, no, he wanted to defeat like the white, the white slave owners, but he led a rebellion and it kind of didn't go his way. But hey, yo, but he did direct it and he did show some good quality. So maybe if he directed Blade, he has he might show some good quality and you know, get, really get to the horror theme into that. So I'll give the brother a chance. All right, number eight would have to be Tyler Perry. <laughs> okay, hear me on Tyler Perry. Why Tyler Perry? It well because well this is Tyler Perry. I mean he's known for directing all his Medea movies and you know other movies, but he really you know speaks out too. You know he really you know he has a like, strong black leads and you know he has uh, supported in the cast as well. But mostly you know he does a few he does you know express you know the black fit the black um, feelings. I mean he did like uh, produce you know precious the uh, novel. The based on the novel called Push, so yeah, he directed that. And the struggles about how like an African American woman, you know, has to deal with her abusive mother and all of that. But then when you come, come when you come look at this, Blade is technically, you know, he's a half, he's half human, half vampire. Maybe Tyler Perry can express like a strong black man growing up to the struggles, like how to, you know, deal with his human, human and his like vampire. Like how does Blade juggle both and deal with a world that you know won't accept him the way he is, and you know he's trying to you know, make the world a better place, but you know the world won't accept it. So you know what, Tyler Perry, he's number eight. So I will give Tyler Perry some. I will give Tyler Perry some credit. You know, Tyler Perry makes good movies. He makes bad movies. So yeah, maybe if Marvel, maybe if Disney gets him a chance, uh, Tyler Perry shows what you got. So that he's number eight. Yep, he's number. Yep, he's number eight. <laughs> number seven will have to be um, Lee Daniels. Lee, da- Lee Daniels. He he was the one who directed directed Precious, and he has um you know he directed um he directed Push. No, he not not Push. He so Push is based on Precious, but I mean he directed Precious and he directed um oh the butler that was it. And he he has like others, I believe. Um, Empires is, I think. I'm not sure, but when you look at it, um, the Butler it has like a few horror themes to it. And by horror, meaning like horror, like all the black folks went through during those times, like being treated good in the back of the bus and all, all that. So even though it's not like that, not like that. So actually, I don't even know when, like, what the time to this will be. So maybe Blade could be in the future present day past I, I have no idea but still but still but still blade you know he's not the type of brother that lets anything scare him i mean the vampires you know they're afraid of him but we look at it, lee daniels brings like the passionate you know maybe maybe lee daniels can make blade more like opens up you know because when you look at the Western Knives, he rarely opens up to people. But then when you meet someone, maybe Blade can open up, you know, get to the backstory, maybe get that soft feeling right in the right in the chest, make make someone cry. Hope it make me cry because. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess I guess sad when you know when sometimes the characters open up. Black Panther. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a whole bunch of movies that made me cry, but I'm gonna make a list about that later. But going back. Yep, um, it's, uh, Lee Daniels can probably make Blade open up more than have like some allies in his in his like back, and that way they can accept him. So, so even though Lee Daniels doesn't have like any horror experience, but you know what? I give the brother a shot. So let's go. 
Ten was Rusty. Nine was eight. Eight was Ty Perry. Seven was Lee Daniels. Six would have to be. Six would have to be this brother named Antoine Fuca. Fuca, I believe that's how you say his name. But Antoine Fuca, he's known for all the action movies. I've seen his movies, uh, Training Day, which won Denzel Washington Academy Award. I've seen, um, I've seen both the Equalizers, and he even made, um, he even made, um, That Magnificent Seven. So basically, Here's why Antoine is on the list. Antoine, he's known for all the action, all the action, all the excitement. So if you get him under the belt of um, Blade, I can see like a whole bunch of action from all that slow talking action and boom, all to the big, big action. Because I believe that's what Antoine does. He starts off with the slow at first and then goes on to the action scene where everyone, want, everyone wants. So Blade can start off a slow and then when it comes down to action, boom. And Antoine, his direction, he he knows how to set the mood of the action. Just wait for the right time and then bang, like that. So Antoine, I give that brother credit. And Training Day, that movie was good. Speaking of Denzel Washington, he is number five. Because uh, Denzel Washington, he's one of those most... This is Denzel. I mean, he's he's won so many Oscars and... Yeah, nominated for some of the Oscars. I, he can't even keep, keep track. I mean, he's an asshole name, and he directed a few good movies too. Um, the only movie I seen him direct was as um, Fences, where he played uh, Troy Baxson. That was a good movie. But for Denzel Washington, you know he can make anything happen with the with the touch of his hand. He was one of those good method actors and good good directors. Set the mood, you know, set the whole. To the horror and set all the action, so he can definitely do that. And who knows? I mean, when you get Denzel Washington and you get Mashallah Ali, Ali uh, forgive me if I say his first name wrong. And so if you get Washington and Ali together, then I can see that Blade might be, you know, I can see Blade becoming an Academy Award with Academy nominated film or, you know, screenplay. I can see, I can see Blade becoming an Academy Award if you know, Denzel, Denzel Washington takes the helm. All right, number four will have to be F. Gary Gray. I think that's how you say the name, F. Gary Gray. Yep, F. F. Gary Gray. So F. Gary Gray, (laughs) the guy has been around a long time too. He first got started when he directed um all the he directed the first Friday. (laughs) Then he directed uh, the Italian Job. Then um, he directed Shad Compton. He even directed um, the Fate of the Furious. So he's definitely a good director to work with too Because when you look at The Fate of Furious That movie made like so much money On it's opening weekend and, and during the same year Like boom, that's not even no joke So I could definitely see, you know F. Gary Gray taking the helm of Blade Where I could see Blade driving some nice cars and motorcycles I could see him doing all the stunts, flips and all, all that explosion So I could see, you know, Blade becoming a big budget move Big budget movie. I mean, this is Marvel, but I could definitely see you know Blade becoming a big budget movie if if Gary Gray takes the help. And you know, he even even um Straight Compton that movie got nominated. That movie got nominated. I think one uh, screenplay, uh, Oscar for best screenplay. So hey, you get um Edgar Gave to write a good screenplay, then Blade might be might win the screenplay. But I could definitely see Blade doing a lot of stunts, like bang. <laughs> 
Number four would have to be. Let's see who will number four be. Number four would have to be. I know what his name. Number four would probably have to be. Ah, there he is. Number four would be Mario Van Peoples. Mario Van Peoples because actually, you know, it's funny because Mario Van Peoples he is a good director, but you know, not many people really you know hurt. Many people see him because uh, he was basically in the eighties, nineties type of guy, but. You know, he has some good good movies in his belt, and he definitely has some good performances. And, you know, I think, you know, it could be a comeback. I mean, not exactly a comeback, but, you know, maybe, you know, Marvel can make him like a household name because he is popular, but, you know, maybe he can be more popular now, you know, my opinion. Number three is, um, number three is Ava... Ava, I know it's Ava, but what's his name? Ava Duvernay. Duvernay, I believe that's how you say her name. Ava Duvernay. So Ava Duvernay, she's a, she's a, a African-American, um, African-American director who, um, who hasn't, who has, who has the braids, but, um, she's mostly known for directing, Selma with uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and directing um, and directing uh, oh a, a, a twinkle in time a twinkle a wrinkle in time that was that was a, a wrinkle in time Oprah Winfrey that was the one I had had to remember that one. a wrinkle in time so that wrinkle in time that movie made money and it's opening weekend and like two weeks in the row made money two weeks in the row but when you watch Selma it's historical it has me. Into it, it won an Oscar for best original song, but um, boom, that boom, I mean, just like the 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 acting, the cast, the direction. So you put her, I mean, it it shows like the acting, the directing that uh, Blade has a chance to, you know, boom, just a, sh- a chance to show show him his action side, his horror side, and the drama side. All three in the one, and especially when you watch when they see us, because even that's not a horror movie. Yeah, it's just like it. It's deep and it, it has like meaning to it. So boom, yeah. So maybe she can give Blade some meaning to it. I mean, he always has meaning, but maybe get like more background, more detail. Me, if she, if all these directors stick to the comics and stick to their writing and work their magic, then boom, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Number two will have to be um do have to be regional Hewlett. So regional Hewlett, um, he's basically more those more like that comedy type of director. He directed House Party. He starred in a few movies like uh, Baby's Kids, um, Baby's Kids. But he does focus more on the black community. He created the show Black Panther. I mean, he he created the show Black Panther. I mean. Black Pen has been around a while, but he did create a show. It was on BET, and also he was the executive producer. So, yep, he I give the man credit, and also he directed Marshall, based starring uh, Black Panther himself, Chadwick Boseman as Thurgood Marshall, the first African American American Supreme Court judge. Where uh, uh, in the movie, Marshall had to defend the man accused of rape, but uh, but in the end, he helps him out and. He wins and he makes history. So yeah, like that. So 
Reginald, yeah, Reginald Hewlett. I can see him directing, but I can see his brother too, uh, Warren uh, Rilland. Uh, it starts with a W. But I can see, his, I can see like the Hewlett brother, the Hewlett brothers uh, coming together. Yeah, you know, making like a like a killer screenplay, killer movie, and then boom, getting everybody's attention. All right, before I get number one, I got a few honorable mentions. Jordan Peele, even though I was directing it, but you know, I still gotta give give him credit. So Jordan Peele. I give uh, you know get maybe get Donald Glover a chance. Uh, let's see. I can give O'Shea Jackson Sr. A.K.A. Ice Cube. Yeah, maybe Eddie Murphy, maybe Jamie Fox, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Chris Rock, and then uh, and then um, Barry Jenkins. Yeah, I give those guys a try. Even Forrest Whitaker. All right, number one, Spike Lee. <laughs> yep, Spike Lee's on the list, baby. He's number one. So, here's why Spike Lee. Because this is Spike Lee. The man makes anything happen. You know, Oscar for Do the Right Thing, Oscar for Black Klansman. I mean, he knows how to mix comedy, he knows how to mix horror, action, he knows how to mix a lot of that stuff. And with him writing a good screenplay, you know, I think, you know. Magic is going to happen like that. But plus, you know, Spike Lee's been in the game a long time. He really knows how to, you know, connect to everybody. And he really knows how to, like, yeah, basically connect to everybody and just, like, knows, like, what's going on with this and that, this and that, this, this. He knows how to do camera direction, knows how to get to, to, get to that moment. He, and plus, his movies are long. So if I bet if he wrote the screenplay for Blade, that movie would be long. But it would be worth who knows? And he works good with Samuel Jackson, so maybe Nick Fury might make a cameo or appearance in Blade. <laughs> oh, that would be good. You get Spike Lee and Samuel Jackson for Blade, it's Nick Fury coming back, baby. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. But, yep, those are my lists. That's all the lists I got for all the black directors who could possibly direct, it, direct Blade. Now, Blade is a part of the MCU. I have no idea when that movie's coming up. I'm going to be prepared. And Mashal Ali, he's, you know, he, the guy's young. You know, he's fit, good actor. So, boom. And you know what? I feel like, you know, Blade could be an Oscar. Oscar. Uh, uh, Oscar nod. Why? Because, you know, get one of them. They can make, like, a good screenplay. And, uh, make, like, a good direction. It'll be, like, kind of like Black Panther in, like, a different way. And, and Mashallah Ali, he's already an Oscar, win- Oscar winner. So, if he kills it as Blade, you know, maybe he get nominated. You know, maybe you know, he get nominated as Blade. You know? Mashallah Ali nominated for Best Actor for Blade. <laughs> oh, if that day happens, yo, I will jump up crazy. I will attend the Oscars for that one. <laughs> and also, uh, yeah, you know, good direction, good acting, anything's possible. And plus, yeah, plus, you know, I hope Spike, you know, maybe Spike Lee gets it because I love, I love to see Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Alrighty, that's my list of all the black directors who can direct Blade and subscribe to Sean King The King's Castle. I'll have something this week or next week, but I will see you next time. Or, you know, talk to you next time.